Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lived 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and you can find me on livetoo110.com and mineralpower.com. That's my detox program. Today, we're going to be talking to Isabella Wentz. She has an amazing new book coming out called Hashimoto's Protocol. And she also has a docu-series, a nine-part docu-series coming out called The Thyroid Secret. And I have the uh, picture of it right here if you're watching the video. And uh, this is a fantastic docu-series. I was in it. I talked about how mercury fills up your thyroid and your hypothalamus and pituitary and interferes in thyroid production, thyroid hormone production and signaling. And she's just done such an amazing job at getting the message out on thyroid disease and Hashimoto's, which is autoimmune thyroid disease, and how to address it naturally. Nothing makes me more mad than to hear my clients coming to me and their doctors just tell them, oh, you have to be on thyroid medication for life, or there's that's really all you can do just because they're not educated themselves on how to actually address the underlying root cause of thyroid issues. So that's why we have people like Isabella Wentz in the world to tell us exactly how to do that. And she's going to talk about that today on the podcast, how to address your thyroid issues and Hashimoto's naturally to put it into remission. Please keep in mind that this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. The Live to 110 podcast is educational in nature, so please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in anything that we suggest today on the show. I have my own book coming out on Amazon. It is called Limitless Energy, How to Detox the Toxic Metals to End Exhaustion and Chronic Fatigue. I know a lot of you guys out there are tired and you're exhausted, and there's a lot of different underlying root causes of that, but many times it is toxic metals that interfere in your mitochondria's ability to produce energy. So your mitochondria are your little powerhouses in your cells that make your body's energy, and a lot of different toxic metals can interfere in that production. So I talk about that in my new book and how to detox those simply at home. And if you want, you can do my more advanced mineral power program because some of the metals are not easy to remove. You need some pretty powerful stuff that you can only get from a, a, a practitioner or even a medical doctor. So uh, please check out my book. It's going to be released April 29th on Amazon, but it's available right now for pre-order. Go check it out, Limitless Energy on Amazon.com. Our guest today is Isabella Wentz. Uh, she is an internationally acclaimed thyroid specialist and licensed pharmacist who's dedicated her career to addressing the root causes of autoimmune thyroid disease after being diagnosed with it herself in 2009. Dr. Wentz is the author of the New York Times bestselling patient guide, Hashimoto's Thyroiditis, lifestyle interventions for finding and treating the root cause. And the recently released protocol-based book, Hashimoto's Protocol, a 90-day plan for reversing thyroid symptoms and getting your life back. 
As a patient advocate, researcher, clinician, and educator, Dr. Wentz is committed to raising awareness on how to overcome autoimmune thyroid disease through the Thyroid Secret documentary series, the Hashimoto's Institute Practitioner Training, and her international consulting and speaking services offered to both patients and healthcare professionals. You can learn more about her at thyroidpharmacist.com. Isabella, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. It's so nice to see you again. Yeah, so why don't you tell the listeners about yourself and how you became interested in the thyroid? Mm. So in full disclosure, I was never interested in a thyroid gland during pharmacy school, right? I just thought that thyroid disease was something that people got as they got older, and I really didn't understand why people kept um, you know, complaining when they came to the pharmacy about still struggling because they were already taking thyroid medications. And I was like, what, what more do you want me to do? You're already on medications, right? And I was not interested in alternative medicine and lifestyle medicine, none of that during pharmacy school and after I graduated. And it wasn't until I was diagnosed myself with a thyroid condition with Hashimoto's in 2009 and hypothyroidism. And that's when I became like a human guinea pig slash Hashimoto's expert because I really had to do something to take back my health. I, Wendy, I had been struggling with fatigue, with panic attacks, with anxiety, with, you know, you name it, I had it for almost a decade before I got my diagnosis. And even once I got my diagnosis, things weren't, you know, as, as peachy. Like I actually went on to develop new things after I was diagnosed and got on hormones. I ended up with carpal tunnel and I ended up, you know, it, it just felt like my world was getting smaller and smaller. So I started with fatigue, sleeping for 12 to 14 hours. Then I got irritable bowel syndrome when I had to run out of class in pharmacy school to go into the bathroom or pull over while driving on the side of the road because I had to, you know, go to the bathroom. And then that kind of progressed with panic attacks, acid reflux, um, then having palpitations, then having hair loss, and then having, um, you know, basically allergies and multiple chemical sensitivities, and eventually with carpal tunnel. And it just was like, my life was like, I was living in Los Angeles at the time, which, you know, you and I both love. And um, I love that you still are there. I'm going to come visit sometime. And I was like, I'm going to be, you know, I was in my 20s. And I'm like, I'm going to go and, you know, do fun things in Hollywood and, and meet new friends and go dancing. And my life was waking up, going to work, coming home from work, making some food, sitting on the couch, watching TV and falling asleep by like nine, eight or 9 PM every night just to do it all again. And then on the weekends, like I cleaned the house and that was like all that I had energy for. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm just really, really passionate about helping people recover their health from thyroid disease because I I've been well now for about four years and I'm um, considered in remission and I don't have all the symptoms I used to have. You know, I'm not like perfect every now and then, like I get cranky or I get a headache or, you know, something like that. But now I'm like, I'm able to follow my dreams and live the life that I want to live. And I want to give other people that same opportunity uh, to follow their goals, ambitions and dreams. I was like, I was like this ambitious person in a lazy person's body. And it was so hard for me. And, um, yeah, now I'm, I guess I'm kind of making up for lost time a little bit. <laughs> so how common is Hashimoto's? Not many people know this, but it's actually a very common condition. 
So when I was first diagnosed, I remember telling my husband, I have this condition called Hashimoto's. And he's like, wow, that sounds like a Japanese sword fighter. (laughs) And then, you know, whenever I tell people that I specialize in Hashimoto's and I write books about Hashimoto's and I have a blog on Hashimoto's and I only work with people with Hashimoto's, they're like, wow, that's wonderful. So you you have like five people that you work with probably, (laughs) right? And 10 readers. And it's actually a very common condition. So 27% of our general population within the United States has Hashimoto's if you do the right tests for it. Um, The problem is that most people are not diagnosed until the later stages of Hashimoto's because the conventional medical tests are going to uncover stage four of Hashimoto's or stage five of Hashimoto's. Now, we start having symptoms at stage two. And there's usually a lag time between two years, anywhere from five to 10 to 15 years between stage two and stage four. And so we have a person who gets their quote unquote thyroid tested and they suffer from anxiety, fatigue, mood disorders. They, they have a hard time losing weight or they're gaining more weight. I remember when I was living in Los Angeles on the beach, all of a sudden my, my sweatpants were getting tighter and tighter. And I was like, what's going on here? Like I haven't changed my diet. I'm still doing everything exactly the same. And the thing is, is that during that time, the only kinds of tests that will reveal that you have a thyroid condition are thyroid antibody tests. Now, these are not done by conventional doctors until your TSH is elevated. But here's the deal. Like the Thyroid antibodies will be elevated first, sometimes for up to 10, 15, 20 years before your TSH is elevated. So it's like, it's kind of like, wouldn't it be more obvious to do the antibodies first? But doctors are told to save money and not to test for thyroid antibodies. And they're also told that there's nothing you can do about those thyroid antibodies. But of course, you and I know different because we know that if you can address the antibodies in the early stages, you can prevent, you know, decades of symptoms and you can also prevent the progression of the condition and in some cases you can prevent the need for thyroid hormones or even reverse some of the damage that's occurred. Yeah and I have I work with a lot of clients and they come to me and they've already had some medical tests and their conventional talk doctor only tests the TSH. Like when you ask the doctor, can you test my thyroid? That's usually their one thing that they test. Rarely do I see the antibodies also. So what you need to do, I mean, obviously you need to ask your doctor or press your doctor to do the right tests. What testing should people should be doing if they want to check if they have thyroid disease? Definitely they want to do thyroid peroxidase antibodies. So their TPO antibodies, these are going to be elevated in about um, anywhere from 50 to 80% of people with Hashimoto's. Thyroglobulin antibodies, you can just write them down as TG antibodies. Another anywhere from 40 to 80% might have these elevated. And then we're looking at doing free T3 and free T4. You can also do the TSH, but another key thing is you need to interpret it correctly. So back in the day when scientists first determined the reference range, They had people with thyroid disease in the pool of blood of quote-unquote healthy people. And so this reference range was very lax. And they used to say, unless you have a TSH of 10, we're not going to treat you. We don't consider you to have thyroid disease. To give you some perspective, mine, I try to keep between 0.5 and 2 to feel my best. When it was at a 4.5, I was a sloth. So I was like napping all the time and I was forgetting things. I couldn't remember simple words. And so these are the tests that you need to do. Here's, here's the tricky part, though. For some people, 
they might not actually have thyroid antibodies even when they have Hashimoto's. So there's something known as seronegative Hashimoto's where a person will still have the autoimmune attack on the thyroid gland, but they won't have the, the antibodies. And so thyroid ultrasounds, which I recommend for everybody to get at least once every single woman um, in our modern world. And then also if you have a nodule on your thyroid gland and if you happen to get a biopsy of the nodule, the, the doctors and the pathologists can actually look at the cells and see if there's Hashimoto's in there. So using these more advanced diagnostic methods like thyroid antibodies, ultrasounds, and then biopsy, we find Hashimoto's much more frequently than we do in people um, when we just do the TSH test, right? And we uncover early stages where we can really talk about prevention and we can really talk about like reversing a lifetime of symptoms. What are some of the symptoms? I know a lot of people, they start to get tired and they get uh, cranky and, you know, just start gaining weight and they just kind of don't know what's wrong and they go to their doctor. So what are some of the symptoms people need to be looking out for that are signs they might have uh, low thyroid function or Hashimoto's? The most common symptom is going to be fatigue for people. So so they're going to be, um, you know, I, I was called lazy for, for quite some time because people were like, why are you not awake at the normal time when everybody else is? My friends had to call me afternoon on the weekends because if they called me before that, I would yell at them. Um, <laughs> you're somebody that needs a lot of naps. You're somebody that is um, that is basically just kind of like day-to-day -day things make you tired. So that that's like thyroid tired. It's like beyond regular tired, right? Um, then the other second most common symptom that people report is going to be weight gain or an inability to lose weight. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard from women who are like, it's not your thyroid, it, you know, it's, it's pork and mouth disease, your thyroid's normal. And lo and behold, they actually had a thyroid condition that just wasn't detected. Sure enough, when their thyroid was supported, they were able to resume their normal activities and they, um, and they lost weight. And then the other common symptom is going to be mental issues, like brain issues. So we're talking about brain fog, trouble finding words, forgetting things, walking into rooms, forgetting why you got there, um, you know, brain fog. And then the other ones are going to be depression or apathy. So if you're somebody that just kind of stops caring about things, that, that's a potential thyroid symptom. We also see anxiety. The other kind of symptoms that, that we often find are going to be cold intolerance. If you're the woman in your office that's wearing two you know, sweaters and everybody <laughs> else is wearing a t-shirt, that's a potential sign that your thyroid is off. Hair loss, a loss of the upper third eyebrow. And then another big one that just really devastates me and you know, just is very devastating is infertility and frequent miscarriages. And this is something that, you know, I just get very, very passionate about because women will be told that they are infertile or they'll have multiple miscarriages because their thyroid function was off and nobody thought to check it. Mm -hmm. So these are kind of the most common symptoms. We also see pain. And, and really, when you think about what the thyroid gland does is it regulates our metabolism and regulates our energy. And there's thyroid hormone receptors in every single cell. And so anytime you have an alteration in thyroid function, you're going to see effects on the entire body. And this could be things like I had carpal tunnel, you could have acid reflux, irritable bowel syndrome, you know, hair loss. 
And it's just, you know, I, I know there's one fabulous blogger out there, hypothyroid mom, and I think she put together close to a thousand symptoms of thyroid disease. Yeah, and you know, all those symptoms you mentioned are very common, like they could be mistaken for another issue and women get prescribed antidepressants and, and other types of things and thyroid issues and Hashimoto's disease are so common you really want to rule that out first when you're going to your doctor. And sometimes you have to come armed with what you want at the doctor's office because they, uh, you know, won't test the things that need to be tested, like your thyroid, to make sure your symptoms aren't being caused by thyroid issues. And uh, one thing that really annoys me is that, you know, a lot of, like you said, 27% of the people uh, can have Hashimoto's disease. And they're given a, a conventional medical approach is they're given thyroid medication. But all the while, I mean, yes, they need thyroid medication, but all the while their body's immune system is destroying their thyroid tissue and they continue to get worse and worse and worse over time and need more and more and more thyroid medication. And so can you talk to us about uh, the, the issues with that and what your kind of a protocol is to help heal the thyroid naturally so it doesn't continue to be destroyed by our immune system? Yeah, of course. And like you said, and as a pharmacist, I sure, I certainly appreciate that there are thyroid hormones that we could take as medications. And that can be really helpful for people's symptoms, especially if they use natural desiccated thyroid hormones that are closer to the hormones that we produce ourselves and the synthetic versions. But at the same time, when you just take thyroid hormone, and I've seen this time and time again, unfortunately, women are being good girls, they're following directions, they're doing everything their doctor's saying. Hashimoto's is actually progressive. And so stage five of autoimmune thyroid disease is progression to other types of autoimmune conditions. So unfortunately, I've seen people develop lupus, develop rheumatoid arthritis, um, develop a whole host of other types of autoimmune conditions, and they just you know, kind of like with me, like their world just keeps getting smaller and smaller. I, um, I don't share this often, but I had um, premature ovarian failure as well at one point because uh, my Hashimoto's was getting progressive and I was on meds. Now I was able to reverse those things and you can actually reverse your autoimmunity and you could reverse the attack against various tissues. Um, and the, the beauty of it is you start feeling better and that's, one of the most important things is for you to feel better and, and recover your health. Yeah, and that's why I love that you you wrote this book called The Hashimoto's Protocol. Okay. But it talks about how, you know, you can address the underlying root causes of Hashimoto's and stop this progression and stop perhaps progression to developing other autoimmune disorders and so or diseases so what are some of the things that you talk about in your new book the Hashimoto's protocol that are some of the underlying root causes of Hashimoto's so some of the underlying root causes are going to be food sensitivities nutrient depletions um, toxins intestinal permeability chronic infections as well as an altered stress response and now for one person, gluten might be their root cause. And then they get off of gluten and that's it. For another person, they might have you know, a few in each of those six categories, various root causes that they need to address before they can get into remission and before they can actually stop the progression of the condition. The good thing is we can actually help people 
from a symptom perspective in a relatively short amount of time. Um, my new book, Hashimoto's Protocol, has a liver support protocol that's done within the course of two weeks rather than, you know, when you really look for all the potential root causes, it may take three months to two years, sometimes even longer to address and eradicate all of those root causes, right? And so um, with my liver support protocol, what I found is that a lot of people with Hashimoto's actually have a backlog of toxins. And I know that you appreciate this very much with the work that you're doing is the role of toxins with our, within our environments. And when a person has so many toxins they're exposed to on a day-to-day basis, it's essentially their body is no longer able to keep up. And then we end up with this toxic backlog. And I like to think of like an overworked like government worker. And it just, <laughs> it would take five minutes to process your application for, I don't know, a driver's license, but they have this stack of papers on their desk and they're just not getting through it fast enough. And so you end up coming in and you're like, hey, can you, um, can you help me with this thing? And then, and then they flip out on you. They're like, I'm so busy. I'm like, but it's only going to take five minutes. And that's sort of what happens when we have um, a person who's overloaded with, with toxins and they're not clearing them out properly. And they end up with um, this backlog. And what happens a lot of times in Hashimoto's, people will have allergies to their environment. They'll have multiple chemical sensitivities. And I was, you know, I was on the verge of that. I had allergies to like everything. You and I both have Pomeranians. I was allergic to my, my little Pomeranian. I was allergic to every tree and shrub in Southern California. And I was allergic to everything inside of my house at one point. And the key is if you can start moving out some of these toxins, you can start feeling better. Um, one of the, the things, <laughs> we didn't talk about this symptom, but a common symptom of hypothyroidism is lack of sweating or just a lessened amount of sweating. And we know that sweating is one excellent way to get rid of toxins. Now, this is an issue for most people with Hashimoto's. They're not sweating. Most of them don't complain about it. They're never like, oh, wow, I, I hate that I can't sweat, right? Most people don't mind. But that's a really important first step is like get your body sweating. And so I recommend, like you, I love infrared saunas, and I'll, I'll recommend hot baths with some essential oils, doing hot yoga if you can tolerate it, and just giving your body some opportunity to start clearing out toxins through your body. And then um, we can dive deeper into some of the protocols if you want, but they focus on and they really focus on removing things from your foods that are toxic, removing things from your environment that are toxic, giving yourself supportive foods, and then giving yourself supportive supplements to, to sort of like help your liver out, give your liver some love so that it could do its job. And imagine somebody coming into that office and if, if like 10 people just got in and, and took a little bit of a pile of paper here and there, that office worker would be much happier and much more efficient. And that, that's what we're doing for your liver with the <clears throat> liver protocol. I love that you talk about toxins in your book because that's, you know, a big focus of mine. And we know our poor livers are so overworked. They have to deal with so many chemicals and toxins. And mercury is a huge cause of thyroid dysfunction. And I, so that's so, so important. And I, I love that you have that in your book. And so you also talk about a diet in your book, what is the ideal diet for someone that's dealing with Hashimoto's or thyroid issues? I always have people start off with where they feel most comfortable. So the 
first foods that I always have people get off of are going to be gluten, dairy, and soy. I did a survey of over 2,000 of my readers in 2015. 88% of them felt better gluten-free, where only 3.5% had celiac disease, which is typical in Hashimoto's. We're going to see anywhere from 1% to 15%. Then dairy, 80% of people felt better off of dairy. And soy was up there as well. What's interesting is that people don't often feel that soy affects them in the same way that gluten and dairy does. With gluten and dairy, it's quite obvious. With soy, it's actually more subtle, where they might not have the gut symptoms, they might not have the breakouts, but sure enough, they'll have anxiety. And when we test their thyroid antibodies before and after, um, going off of soy, we see a big reduction in thyroid antibodies, which, which indicate how aggressive the condition is. So if you can get those antibodies lower, that means your condition is going to be slower progressing and less aggressive. And in many cases, it means fewer symptoms. So those are the three foods I start off with for everybody across the board. I've had some people go into complete remission. It's been amazing. Um, some people need to dig a little bit deeper and they may need to identify what foods are triggers for them. One wonderful protocol that I have in my book is the autoimmune paleo protocol that talks about removing the most common reactive foods. So we're talking about um, we're talking about gluten, dairy, and soy, as well as eggs, nightshades, seeds, and grains. And this can be very, very helpful for people as well. For my people that are really like sensitive to everything, I also do something called the root cause rotation diet, where we go through and we put them on a four-day rotation schedule for a time period so that they don't keep losing more and more foods. And I have, um, the book is, has a way for you to tailor your diet to your own needs because one person might be sensitive to a random thing like pineapples, whereas another person may not be. And so I have information about that. So for example, if somebody has the CBS mutation, they might be reactive to foods that are high in sulfur, um, like broccoli, which is normally really, really good. But I have information on how to modify those kinds of things throughout the book. But generally, like not to give you TMI, but I want to start people off with um, gluten, dairy, and soy-free. But if you're already on that, just know that there's, that there's hope that there are other protocols that can help you recover. It's not just that. And if you didn't get better with that, that doesn't mean that you're not going to get better. And that's so important because I heard Dr. Aristo Vajdani talk about if you have an autoimmune disease, you also are going to have leaky gut as a precursor to that. And if you have leaky gut, then you're going to have food sensitivities, most likely. And when those like the dairy or the, the gluten proteins leak out into your body, they, they, those proteins match your thyroid. And your body's trying to attack the, the gluten and dairy, but then it attacks your thyroid. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, there's a concept known as molecular mimicry. And basically, it's it's sort of a, a mistake of the immune system where there's something within your body that's causing you inflammation. And it could be a pathogen like a virus or a bacteria. It could be a toxin. And it could even be a food particle if you have leaky gut. And so what's happening is this foreign substance gets into your bloodstream. Now, when we have leaky gut, everything that we're eating might get into our bloodstream and we're at risk for having food sensitivities to whatever we're eating. That's why the rotation diet can help. And the thing is, the immune system begins to attack these foreign substances and anything that looks like them. 
And so for people with Hashimoto's, um, a lot of times they'll see that there are certain foods that trigger their Hashimoto's. And, you know, people talk about food allergies and how, how these are the only real and true thing. But in fact, food sensitivities are something that's very, very relevant in autoimmune disease, especially Hashimoto's. There's something known as a type 4 delayed hypersensitivity reaction that utilizes the IgG pathway of the immune system. Now, this is how food sensitivities happen, and this is also how Hashimoto's happens. So Hashimoto's is a type 4 delayed hypersensitivity reaction. And when we have a person get when we have a person who stops challenging their IgG system with all the foods that are causing it to inflame, we start seeing that their thyroid antibodies and their thyroid symptoms decrease. So it, it's a pretty, um, you know, it, it's, I, I can get pretty nerdy. Um, I have a lot of nerdy stuff in my book and I have a lot of really practical things as well. No, we love our super nerds here on the podcast. <laughs> no, but it's so important. I mean, you really have to get down to these uh, the nitty gritty and these details to help people make those distinctions. And for me, I love to ask questions, but I'd love to know the why, like, why do I have to get rid of gluten and dairy? It's hard for a lot of people, but it, it's so important to, to put Hashimoto's into remission. And so what are some of the supplements that you recommend that uh, people take if they have Hashimoto's? One of the most helpful supplements is selenium. So selenium deficiency has been noted as one of the main triggers of Hashimoto's. And, you know, I, I kind of consider it one of those miracle nutrients. 200 micrograms per day has been able to, has been shown to reduce thyroid antibodies by about half over the course of three months. And this is quite impressive. We also see a reduction in anxiety and palpitations. It's helpful for Hashimoto's, it's helpful for Graves' disease, and women who take selenium during their pregnancy are less likely to have postpartum thyroid issues, which is really, really exciting that that can be prevented. That's where I have people starting off. Um, a lot of times people say you need to test for nutrients, never take them. With selenium, that's not really the case. So even people who have not been found to have a deficiency will benefit from a selenium supplement from the studies. The other supplements that are really important are going to be vitamin D. Vitamin D is um, very often deficient in people with Hashimoto's. What I see in my ladies that go into remission, we get their vitamin D levels somewhere between 60 and 80. And unfortunately, unless your full-time job is a lifeguard and, and on a beautiful beach somewhere, you're not gonna have enough vitamin D. And so you oftentimes need to supplement and need to supplement more than what you, um, you might get in, in a multivitamin. So anywhere from, I might have my clients take anywhere from 1,000 to 5,000 IUs per day, and we always do testing for that one because vitamin D can actually build up in the body so you can get too much of it. So that's, that's a big distinction between that. The other common nutrient that I, depletion that I see that not many people are aware of is thiamine. So thiamine is B1. When I was in pharmacy school, I was told that thiamine deficiency was very rare and it only happened in people who were like alcoholics and who had been drinking for a very, very long time and then the, the symptoms were pretty extreme. Now, people with autoimmune disease, so people with Crohn's disease have been studied and people with Hashimoto's have been studied as well as a few other conditions, they might have a subclinical deficiency in thiamine and this is something that you might not be able to find on a lab test. Um, 
what's really, really amazing and fantastic is that people can recover from many symptoms within just three days of taking a thiamine supplement. Um, 600 milligrams per day is, is the dose that you need, and you'll be able to see within three days if it's working for you or not. Reasons why you might suspect a thiamine deficiency would be if you're, if you're having low blood pressure, if you're having adrenal fatigue that you just can't resolve even with adrenal supplements, if you're having blood sugar imbalances, if you're having brain fog, if you're having fatigue, and if you're on a gluten-free diet. So um, one, of the, one of the sources of um, thiamine in our food supply is actually grains and gluten. So a lot of times I've seen people who were, you know, they come to me and they're like, I'm paleo, I don't know what to do. I feel horrible. My adrenals are tanked. And um, people will say, whoa, paleo is not good for the adrenals. It's like, well, actually, if you take a thiamine supplement, it's just just a matter of balancing out your body. So that's a really big thing I recommend. I also recommend testing for B12 and ferritin levels. Um, And then really looking at getting your your B vitamins dialed in and then vitamin C. That's kind of a starting point for most people. And, of course, magnesium. So I have a um, big love of magnesium. It's amazing what happens when people start on magnesium, what kinds of symptoms disappear. So I've had clients with, with horrific menstrual cramps for most of their lives, and then they start taking magnesium, and they're like, wow, I got my period this month, and I didn't even realize that it came. So for things like cramps, um, migraines have completely disappeared with my magnesium, insomnia, anxiety, and it's it's amazing what can happen with with just adjusting the nutrients. And we have all kinds of little tweaks like that that we can do for people to give them back their lives. Yeah, that's so important. I give every single client magnesium, B complex, and selenium, because I've done thousands of tests on hair mineral analyses and other kinds of tests, and almost everyone is deficient in selenium. So you're, everyone pretty much needs that, except the people living in Hawaii. They, they get a lot of selenium there for some reason. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, but, um, but uh, everyone is deficient in magnesium. So, so important. And so what are some of the unconventional triggers for Hashimoto's that no one else is talking about? Certainly not the conventional medical doctors. There's a lot of different ones, potentially, that people could be on a clean diet and they're doing all the right things and then they're still struggling. And these are the type of people that I work with because I, you know, we have so much fantastic information out there that I feel like people can start off with gluten-free, dairy-free on their own and start off with the nutrients on their own by, by reading books and um, blogs. But the thing is that people who continue to struggle are going to have some of these imbalances. And I, Usually we'll say they're either toxins or infections that are going to be a pretty big deal for them. One of the big um, infections that can be present in people with Hashimoto's is blastocystis hominis. It's a protozoan parasite. It lives inside the gut. You can't see it. You know, you would never know it was there except for that it causes leaky gut. It can cause irritable bowel syndrome and it could cause hives and it can trigger Hashimoto's or it could be asymptomatic. Um, so I'll see people, especially people who are grain sensitive, will have this parasite. And once we eradicate the parasite, we'll start seeing that they have um, the ability to get into remission, drop their thyroid antibodies, return more foods, hives go away, irritable bowel syndrome goes away. Now, whenever I see a person who keeps 
losing foods where they're, you know, they're, they've gone gluten-free and dairy-free and that helped, but all of a sudden they're reacting to rice or they're reacting to whatever they're eating. I'm immediately thinking this person has a gut infection, like a parasite or something else going on that we wouldn't normally think of would be present in the conventional world. Um, another type of root cause that not many people are aware of is actually breast implants. And this is something that can trigger an autoimmune response within the body. And, and when you think about it, it's a foreign substance within our bodies. And our body's detox systems are, becoming, are going to become overburdened. Um, when I started working with Hashimoto's clients, I, have, um, I always have them do a timeline of what was going on in their life before they got sick and really from, from pre-birth if possible and go through what kind of infections have you had, what kind of surgeries have you had, have you been in accidents, traumas, and we kind of go through that with them. And there was quite a few people where I, I was like, huh, you know, you were doing really well before you got your breast implants. Is that when things changed? And, you know, of course, to ask somebody to have, to have her breast implants removed is, is a much bigger commitment than going gluten-free, right? Um, but I have had some clients who have explanted and they have gone into remission. And I've had some readers um, that have submitted their stories as well that I'll be publishing on my blog. And I also have more information about that in my book. But yeah, this is something that I feel like is not on anybody's radar, but it's a potentially devastating root cause because it can take your life away from you. I 100% agree because, you know, if your body can react to blueberries <laughs> or <laughs> cucumbers or other things that people see on food sensitivities test, you better bet your body can react to breast implants and the plastic and the silicones that can leak out and the chemicals that are on the, those plastics. And I actually had my breast implants removed last year and I got them when I was 19. I did not need them. And I always wondered uh, in the back of my mind, did these contribute to the, the health issues that I had? And I, I, I won't know. I don't know. But I know there's uh, tens of thousands of women out there that that have health issues and thyroid issues and adrenal issues and all other different types of issues and autoimmune disease and you have to stop and think is that a potential root cause for some women for some people it can absolutely be the root cause it can be very relevant and i mean for some people it might be mold so they might be eating the perfect diet but they might have mold growing in their bathroom somewhere and that can be causing their immune system to flare up it's it's anything that your body recognizes as a foreign invader. And anytime, you know, when we think about women, our bodies are so tuned into our environment because we carry the primary responsibility of bringing new life into this world. And so our bodies are tuned in to determine whether it's a safe time to reproduce or if we're better off going back within our caves and taking a nap, right, until, until there's a better time. And so this is why I think women are at greater risk for thyroid disease. We see five to eight women when with for every man diagnosed and we get this happening where a person a woman basically it's going to be more sensitive to her environment and things like mold within the home which may not affect her husband may affect her um, things like people yelling or having a history of trauma all of these things can actually put a person into a mode of feeling unsafe and and for some people you know really getting a thyroid condition can be almost like a personal growth journey that enables them to really explore what is in their life that that's led them to 
develop this condition because in a sense the thyroid gland you know we conventional medicine will say you have to cut it out medicate it suppress it or radiate it and I think patients are oftentimes not any better they want to be thyroid warriors they want to beat thyroid disease where the thyroid gland is actually trying to help you so it's like hey there's not enough food around and I'm sensing because of these nutrient deficiencies you have that there's not enough food around so I'm going to help you out and I'm going to help you hold on to your weight I'm not, you know, I'm going to slow down your metabolism and like, you're welcome, right? And so in a sense, the thyroid gland is actually trying to protect us. And when we think about it from that perspective, we can really start thinking about like, what do I need to do to start healing? And what are the elements that I could put in place to send those safety signals? And it's going to be through feeding your body nourishing foods to getting rid of the toxins in your environment, whether they're within you or somewhere, somewhere else, like in your home or within, um, Obviously, we can't get rid of the pollution out there, but we can definitely support our liver in clearing toxins. And we have a lot of choices for we, what we can do to help our ancient bodies survive in this modern world, right? Yeah, I love that you said, you know, your thyroid disease or dysfunction can be kind of like a personal growth journey because that's exactly what happened to me. And that's why we are talking right now today is because my thyroid slowed down from all the abuse and nutrient deficiencies and and all that stuff. And that sent me to the doctor and that sent me on this journey about how to heal my thyroid and my body and the other health issues that I was having at the time. And that just culminated into a health website and us talking. So I love that. And so let's talk about, is it possible to put Hashimoto's into remission? Absolutely. I see it every day. And so we start seeing um, elimination of symptoms and a reduction of thyroid antibodies. And doctors will say that once you test the antibodies, you never need to test them again. That's not true. They're actually an indication of how aggressive the attack is on your thyroid gland. And this is an important marker to monitor along with, of course, how you feel and other types of blood work. And I love that you do hair mineral analysis testing because that's a lot of times more accurate than what you would get through a conventional doctor. Yeah, and you know, it just makes me just, uh, just like so mad when I hear uh, my clients coming to me or other people, and the doctors have said, once you have low thyroid function or you get on thyroid medication or you have Hashimoto's, there's there's nothing that you can do. Like you have to be on thyroid medication for life, and it just makes me so angry. And like, there are certain people, yeah, they need to be on thyroid medication for life. There are just some people they've had too much tissue destruction. You know, that it's just for some people they're going to have that. Um, but a lot of people they can. Like yourself, you're in remission, and there's there is hope out there. You you can heal your body by. Uh, I love that you came out that book, the Hashimoto's Protocol, to give people the step by step guide that they need, that they are not going to get from their conventional medical doctor. So can you talk a little about your book and uh, when is it coming out? Yeah, so Hashimoto's protocol comes out on March 28th, and it has the fundamental protocols that everybody with Hashimoto's needs to do, whatever, regardless of their root cause. And so that's the first half of the book where we go through a liver support protocol that's two weeks long, 65% of the people um, that were in my group program and of my clients, I'm a big outcomes research nerd, they saw improvement with, with just within just those two weeks. The next protocol is a four-week adrenal protocol. The following protocol is a six-week gut protocol. And these are things that are going to be safe and effective for most people with Hashimoto's. 
The second half of the book goes into some of those advanced protocols. So these are for health nerds and for advanced health seekers and people who maybe hit a plateau with their health or maybe they've recovered their symptoms with the beginning protocols, but they really are truly interested in getting into remission and potentially weaning off of thyroid hormones. You know, that that's not for everybody, but you know, I have the information in there on how to do that. So we're looking at the advanced protocols for figuring out if you have an infection. So I go through I give assessments to figure out which which are the imbalances that you still have. I used to give my clients like 800 question assessments and then my publisher is like, can you make this 80 questions? And so <laughs> so like I thought about it really hard and then I tested it out with some people and it actually works. So it, it, it helps you give you direction into where you need to focus on next. And we go through advanced protocols. So we go through advanced infection protocols, how to figure out what infection you have, what you can do about it. And I have herbal protocols, I have medication protocols and food uh, protocols that you can use to overcome the infection, like the blasto infection that I talked about. Taking Sarcomyces boulardii has been found to eradicate it in about 80% of the time. And the standard treatments for it actually don't work. And so we go through that um, in the infections protocols. We go through all the most common infections, how to test for them and how to treat them. Then we go through um, the hormone balance protocol where we go through and talk about various options for hormone optimization. And this might be through taking thyroid hormones. I also talk about low-level laser therapy, which is a new therapy that's been shown to help people wean off of thyroid hormones. So in this study that was done, there's actually three studies that have been done now in a clinic in Brazil. We've had 50% of people with Hashimoto's have been able to get off of their medications completely. And the other half have seen a reduction in thyroid antibodies and reduction for of the dose of medication. So before, you know, back in the day, it was obviously it was much easier to prevent the damage to your thyroid gland and people who have had it for years, there was lower chances. And even for some people, even when we eradicated their triggers, they would still need thyroid hormones. But now with low level laser therapy, we have the option and the amazing opportunity to help heal and regenerate thyroid tissue, which wasn't possible before. And I go through all of like the latest and greatest things and some of like really natural things and the advanced technology. I'm a firm believer in using everything we possibly can to help ourselves to recover. And so it's very much a comprehensive and integrative approach. And I'm really, really excited to share it with the world. Um, My hope is to create 10,000 success stories and just, you know, when people recover their health, they can go after those passions. And I, I'm just, I really can't wait to see what's going to happen when people read this book and what kind of amazing things they're going to do in the world. And you created a docu-series also called The Thyroid Secret. And if you're watching the video, I'm holding it right here. And it's, it's really, it's amazing. I mean, such a, a, job well done and you created nine videos that are about an hour and a half long each it's just a wealth of information you had so many experts i i talked on it about you know how to you know some of the mercury that fills the thyroid and how to you know de- you want to detox that and so talk to us a little bit about this series and when can we watch it and i'll put the links in the show notes so the documentary series it was definitely a huge passion project and i invited all of my friends and favorite experts, including yourself, to 
come and speak about your genius and your expertise and how you help people recover from thyroid disease. We also had about 50 patients who have had various levels of success through different types of interventions on their journey. And we came together and created this beautiful, empowering series that will take you through all the elements um, of taking back your health. So we start off with getting the right diagnosis and we move into some of the symptoms, what they might mean. And we talk about toxins, we talk about medications, we, we talk about um, you know, the personal growth aspect of thyroid disease. We talk about adrenals and the gut and we share success stories, which, which are really my favorite part is to see the many people that can be transformed through the, the protocols that we use in, in getting people's health back. Um, that, the documentary series is free to watch online for nine days and then we make it available for people um, if they wanted to buy the DVDs. So obviously we've, we've had production costs and we, I'd love to send everybody a free DVD, but I'm not, you know, AOL.com or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just love that. I mean, I, it, like I said, it makes me mad when people, they go to their conventional doctor and there's like, oh, there's nothing you can do. And they're just given a thyroid prescription. If that, your doctor is saying that, run, run for the hills, because <laughs> there's so much that you can do. And you have so much control over your health issues and Hashimoto's and there's so many things and there's so much information at our fingertips. So definitely recommend checking out Isabella's book, uh, the Hashimoto's protocol and the thyroid, the thyroid secret docu-series. Isabella, thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell us a little bit more about where we can find you and learn more about you. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. Uh, thyroidpharmacist.com gift is a really great place to, to come and check me out. I have some starting resources for you. So some recipes as well as a diet quick start guide and some more information on the nutrient depletions that are really, really important for taking back your health. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And everyone, if you want to learn more about me, you can go to live2110.com and you can check out my detox program, mineralpower.com, where you can get that thyroid out of your, or mercury out of your thyroid. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.